Hello, mamas, Laura here, and today we are chatting all about mentally preparing for a C-section birth and also my own personal experience with emotionally processing a C-section birth. Enjoy! Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are kicking off the C-section birth series, delving into mental preparation and emotional processing. Now, this is episode one of five in this C-section birth series, where you'll hear mostly from me and my professional expertise, as well as my personal experience with having had two C-sections of my own. And we'll also hear from a number of Pregnancy Posse members who share their own unique and personal experiences with a C-section birth. Now, I think it goes without saying that this series includes my general professional physiotherapy advice, as well as my own two highly personal experiences with having had two C-sections. Now, remember that no two births are the same and no two women are the same. So just because you've had a C-section birth and I've had a C-section birth, it doesn't mean that we'll have had the same experience as each other. There is such a huge spectrum of birth, not just from the mode of delivery, but from how the mother and the baby feel during their birth. So please don't assume I'm speaking on behalf of all C-section mothers because I'm not. I am purely speaking on behalf of myself and sharing personal stories of other mothers inside my Pregnancy Posse membership. Some of the stories and the advice will resonate with you and some will not. So take from these episodes what you need to hear. And it is my hope in this series to shine more light on C-section births, as I find that a lot of women still hold a lot of shame and stigma around this type of birth. And there also seems to be a lot of mystery surrounding these births. So it is my hope to demystify exactly what a C-section birth might look like. In this C-section birth series, we'll also be covering physical preparation and recovery after birth, my own two C-section birth stories, as well as a Q&A episode answering all of the most commonly asked questions that I've received around cesareans. There is so much amazing goodness coming up in this C-section birth series. So if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this series. Now, this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series is all live right now inside my online pregnancy membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, then do check out The Pregnancy Posse. I've taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every wonderful woman online inside The Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I'll personally guide you week by week throughout your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer questions from our amazing Posse members. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other along with oodles of evidence-based resources that you don't spend hours in that dreaded Google rabbit hole. Now, I'd love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about, and you can trial the program for seven days. Now, quickly, before we get into this episode, I couldn't miss an opportunity to share a little Laura life lesson. (laughs) 
Something I'd like to do in each of these solo episodes is share a lesson that I've learned. And these are little lessons or learnings that have resonated deeply with me and I hope they do with you too. So today I wanted to chat about keeping the simple sacred. So I think in life we often wait for the big grandiose events to really let ourselves feel excitement and joy. So the big holiday we've been waiting for, birthdays, weddings, a job promotion, But what if we could access that same feeling of joy, excitement, pride or love on an everyday basis in the delight of our morning cup of tea, in watching the moon and the stars at nighttime, in feeling the breeze on your skin, in diving into the ocean, observing your children play and laugh. So today I'm personally choosing two things. I had my morning coffee on my balcony and I listened to the kookaburras delightful. (laughs) And I need to sweep and mop the floors later, which is, you know, quite boring. So I'm going to crank some old school queen and have a little dance party. So I hope that maybe you too today could keep the simple sacred. Now let's get into episode one of our five part C-section birth series, chatting all about the mental and emotional side of preparing for and processing a cesarean birth. Hello mamas, Laura here and I am really excited for today's episode because I think that giving birth is such a monumental and special time regardless of the mode of delivery. I believe every woman has to lean into her emotions, prepare herself mentally for her upcoming birth and then unpack her feelings about her birth after the event, regardless of how it all pans out, good or bad, planned or unplanned. In today's episode, I wanted to discuss my own personal ways of mentally preparing for and processing my C-section births, as well as include advice and stories shared by my wonderful Pregnancy Posse members about their personal experiences with a C-section birth. I personally learned so much from these wonderful ladies and I am confident that you will too. As you will hear in later episodes when I share my two birth stories, my two C-sections were relatively unplanned for the most part. They also weren't medical emergencies, which puts me in a unique position. So when it comes to mentally preparing for a C-section, it is not something that I ever consciously did because it was never 100% on my radar for either of my births. So in my first birth, I never really entertained the idea of a C-section as a possibility and not in a naive, I don't believe that will ever happen to me sort of way. It just didn't really cross my mind. And it wasn't until the day of birth when my induction was not working as we had all hoped that the word C-section was even brought up. And this required some really quick processing, a lot of tears and a birth that I had never really planned. From speaking to my wonderful women on both social media and inside my Pregnancy Posse membership, a lot of women expressed that they wished that they had have thought about the possibility of a cesarean section birth during their pregnancy because they felt that they were totally out of their depth once this birth option was put on the table and that it took a really long time for them to work through this decision after birth because they had never entertained the idea of it beforehand. So if for some reason you are aware that a C-section is definitely how you are going to birth your baby and you think that this preparation method would suit your personality, it may be worthwhile to ask lots of questions about the actual day of birth. Walk yourself through your upcoming scenario and birth so there are little to no surprises. And I will discuss the exact logistics of my births from admission all the way through the discharge in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that if you are interested about the nitty gritty. 
I think it's important to discuss your birth preferences with your doctor before the big day. So decide on what is important to you for the day of birth and for your postpartum care. So is immediate skin to skin important to you? Do you want to try the breast crawl? Do you want particular music playing during the birth? Do you want the lights dimmed and conversations to be kept quiet? Do you want delayed cord clamping? Do you want your partner and your baby to stay with you at all times provided everyone is healthy and well? Do you want to be involved in the birth? Do you want to discuss the options of a gentle C-section or a maternal assisted C-section where you can actually help to pull your baby up onto your chest? Do you want to organize help from family and friends after birth so that you don't need to worry about cooking or cleaning for a few weeks? Do you want to have a special dinner the night before birth to celebrate this monumental transitional period of time? Now, these are just some of the options that you may want to consider. Just because you are not having a vaginal birth doesn't mean that you have to surrender all of your birth preferences and choices. A C-section birth can still be wonderful and magical and in your own way to some extent. So please do make sure that you ask these questions if they feel right for you. Now, obviously, all of these options are much easier to implement if you know you have a C-section coming up and you are prepared for that. But obviously, for a lot of women, myself included, a C-section birth comes as a last minute decision or a medical emergency. Now, in this case, I see two schools of thought from the women that I work closely with. Some women like to think of a C-section as a possible birth outcome, even if they are planning a physiological vaginal delivery. And they like to write down their birth preferences for both a vaginal delivery and a cesarean section so that if a last minute turn of events happens, they are still able to honor their wishes. And I think this is particularly helpful if it's actually written down so that you don't need to jump back into your cortical brain in the middle of labor and you, you know whatnot, and then ask for immediate skin to skin, delayed cord clamping, whatever it is that your preferences are while you're being rushed to theater. So it's good to have it written down. Now, other women prefer not to even entertain this as an option in their birth preferences and instead just focus all of their time and their energy towards having a natural and physiological birth. Now, I think it's important to think about what suits you and your personality and your comfort most. As always, you do you. (laughs) I personally didn't spend a lot of time considering a cesarean section as an option and I still felt like I processed it fairly well after birth. So let's move on to some strategies to help you stay positive, calm and grounded during the actual surgery. For both of my cesarean section births, I was an absolute emotional wreck in the minutes before surgery. And even though one of them I kind of could see coming, which you'll hear about in my birth story episode coming up in this series, I still had a huge purge of emotions while sitting in the room outside of surgery. I can't pinpoint exactly what the feelings were, but I think it was a combination of the overwhelm that I was about to meet my little baby in just 10 minutes time, combined with grief over how medicalized and sterile this birth would be and not exactly what I had imagined, combined with the confusion of whether or not I made the right decision, as both times I felt like it was a fairly quick decision that I needed to make. And either way, I was a hot blubbering mess prior to and during both of my surgical births and you know how some women have these lovely beautiful photos of their babies on their chests in theater well I certainly love and cherish my birth photos but it's fair to say that my face is always bright red and super swollen from all of the crying and the tears that I had prior (laughs) now what I found helped me stay calm and present during my births was deep breathing 
reminding myself I was going to meet and hold my baby very shortly, having my husband by my side to comfort me and talk to me and having a super calm and kind anaesthetist next to my ear, reassuring me about the process and exactly what was happening at each stage of the birth. Now, if I were to go back and redo these births, a few things I would change. I would ask for music in the theater to help make the room feel less sterile, immediate skin to skin with my baby and a maternal assisted C-section so that I could pull my own baby up onto my chest. Now, I know this seems super gross and weird for some women, but I love blood, guts, surgery, all of that does not freak me out. So the idea of being able to pull my baby onto my chest sounds really magical and really empowering to me. Now let's chat about the post-birth processing. So like I said earlier, I think this is not exclusive to cesarean section births, but for all mamas. To lean into the emotions you have surrounding your birth, whether good or bad, and really let yourself feel them. Decide whether you think you need to talk to someone about it, whether it be informally with a friend or formally with a birth counselor. I think it's really important to emotionally process your birth when you feel ready, because from my experience, whether you do or don't, those unprocessed emotions will pop up at some stage down the track. So whether it's when you fall pregnant next time or at another important life event in the future, Again, though, do this when you feel ready. So day one post-op is not often going to be the right time for most women. And it is important that you establish a beautiful bond and connection with your baby. So do that first and then unpack your birth when you feel ready. My first birth was a bit of a whirlwind. Last minute, turn of events. So I don't really feel like I stopped to process it very much in the early days. Unfortunately, I was separated from my son after surgery for about 45 minutes. And personally, this is a huge regret of mine and something I knew that I would not stand for if I had another cesarean section. And I remember lying in recovery on my own and repeating to myself, wow, I have a son because it all just felt so surreal. And whether you agree with me or not, I hold a very, very firm opinion that you should never separate mother and child if everyone is healthy and well, which in my case we were. Now, breastfeeding fortunately went very well and my physical recovery was super straightforward, which I will talk about in a future episode in this series. So given that I didn't know any different for my first birth, I would say my mental recovery after birth felt just fine. I didn't feel trauma or difficult emotions surrounding the birth. I didn't feel disconnected from my son, even though we were separated. We bonded really well. I recovered really well and we got on with our lives. But interestingly, I knew deep in my heart as soon as I had given birth to him that I would try for a VBAC next time. So even though I felt okay, I still knew that within me, I wanted that physiological birth experience. And I'm not entirely sure why, but I knew I did. Processing all of this for baby number two was different because it started as soon as I fell pregnant. So I started researching VBACs. I joined lots of different online VBAC support groups, and I knew I wanted to optimize my chances as much as possible. To be honest, I found the VBAC emotional rollercoaster to be quite consuming in my second pregnancy. Trying to toe this line of being comfortable and surrendering to having another cesarean section birth, but also wanting so badly to have a different birth experience and to do all the things to set myself up for this success. As you'll hear in a later episode where I do share this birth story, it was all green lights to a VBAC the entire way in my second pregnancy. So low risk pregnancy, etc., etc. But what ended up happening is I was just timed out. So I don't have vivid recollections of how I felt at the time, but I know I was disappointed that I felt my time was running out. 
And we ended up scheduling a planned C-section for 41 and 2. So that's nine days over. And then lo and behold, I went into early labor the night before. So I had finally accepted that I was to have another C-section. I felt comfortable in that decision that what was meant to be was meant to be. And then a total spanner in the works when I started early labor the night before. So you can hear what unfolded in my upcoming birth story. But I do remember feeling emotionally really challenged at this last minute turn of events. Was this a sign from the universe that I needed to pursue these contractions and see where they might lead? What if I put the staffing arrangements out for my surgery the next morning, which in hindsight is ridiculous? Can I even reschedule a cesarean section? Is this actual labor? Like there was just so much confusion, crying and emotional release the following day and before entering into my second C-section. So I felt the mental processing afterwards was a bit of a blur, but again, I don't remember feeling large amounts of grief or trauma or anything like that. And if I'm being honest, I actually remember feeling a tiny hint of relief that at least I wouldn't have to ride this V-back emotional roller coaster for any future babies because I would just decide to have a planned C-section. Now, I wanted to read out a little snippet from a journal entry that I wrote on my phone the day after my second birth, which I found quite interesting down the track. So I wrote, I'm letting myself sit in the feelings rather than just positive thinking or stoicizing my way out of everything. I always choose to see the positives and remind myself of perspective, i.e. how bloody lucky am I that I conceive easily, have amazing pregnancies and really love parenting. Who cares how bubs comes out? But I think by not acknowledging how I'm feeling and just brushing it under the carpet and replacing it with positive thinking, this just means I will be triggered in the future because I haven't dealt with it properly. So I wanted to share that with you because I felt it would resonate with a lot of other mamas that thinking positively, which is my default, is fantastic, but allowing yourself to really feel it all is also really important. Fast forward, I'm now into my third pregnancy and surprisingly have done the majority of my emotional unpacking from my first two births now. So the plans that I initially thought I would have, the feelings I thought I would feel, all of that is really different to what I had expected. And it is surprising me just as much as anyone else, but I am enjoying the journey so far of educating myself, leaning into my intuition and really trusting. So I'm choosing a very different path for my pregnancy and birth preparation, and I'm learning so much about myself and my past experiences. And I really look forward to sharing more about this in the future, if and when I feel called to do so. So from my experiences with two cesarean section births so far, my advice to other women to help them with mental preparation and recovery is call it a C-section birth or a belly birth. Don't just call it a cesarean section or a surgery if that doesn't feel right to you because it was a birth, not just a surgery. It's just not necessarily the birth you had envisaged or hoped for. I also recommend you talk to someone about your feelings I don't believe that the only outcome we should be aiming for is healthy mum, healthy bub, because this really bypasses so many women's experiences. So if you need to talk, talk to your partner, your mum, your friend or a trained birth counsellor to help sift through your emotions and your feelings about your birth. I can almost guarantee that if you sweep it under the rug now, it will pop up at some stage, whether it's your next pregnancy or in another life event down the track. 
Remember as well, you can always make up for lost time and compensate. So whilst you can't go back and change your birth, you can always help to compensate for it a little bit. So I know a lot of women who have cesarean births are concerned about bonding and breastfeeding and physical recovery after birth. And many midwives I've spoken to have spoken a lot about making up for lost time with loads of skin to skin time when you can. So if you were unfortunately separated like I was, do loads of skin to skin when you can. Do the breast crawl if possible or express colostrum before birth and use that if needed. Again, doing lots of skin to skin when you can to help stimulate lactation so you can compensate. Empower yourself and ask for your preferences. So if it's important to you, then ask for your preferences in surgery. Ask for immediate skin to skin, the breast crawl, a particular song to play when your baby is born, delayed cord clamping, whatever it is, you don't have to throw your hands up in the air if things aren't going to plan. You can still curate a wonderful birth environment. We're now going to hear some wonderful personal stories and advice from Pregnancy Posse members who shared their own experience with a cesarean section birth. Let's start with Corinna, who shares an absolutely beautiful story about how her husband helped to keep her calm during her cesarean section birth by sharing a beautiful and intimate story. I personally had tears in my eyes the whole time Karina told me this story and I think it's valuable because it may be something that you want to share with your partner as an option to help keep you grounded and calm during your birth whether it be a vaginal delivery or a cesarean section. We're also going to cut to Karina's advice to other women around being open to changes in birth circumstances but also being empowered and informed and a reminder that both births can be beautiful no matter how it happens. We also skip to Corinna talking about some negative reactions she experienced from others after having a cesarean section. And I really wanted to include this in the podcast today because a lot of women I speak to do experience shame or stigma around having a C-section. So I think it's important to highlight this and to try and change the dialogue around birth. So whether the C-section was planned or whether it was an unplanned traumatic experience for a woman, we can never assume to know how someone feels about it. So I think it's best to come in with a curious mind and ask someone how they feel rather than assuming that they would feel poorly or negative towards having a cesarean section birth. One of the things that my husband and I practiced was you know what he would be saying to me throughout labor and my husband in his wisdom actually decided to start using those things when we were um, there during the surgery. Sorry I still get a bit emotional about it. No absolutely. so what he did was we had actually gone on a holiday. We went to Europe uh, just before we um, found out we were pregnant with our daughter, <laughs> as you do. And um, he started to describe to me the Amalfi Coast while I was lying there. So I was scared um, and he started to go through the imagery. So he'd be like, oh, remember the stairs or remember sorry, (laughs) remember um, the beautiful ocean or remember that particular cafe that we were at and what we ordered and all of a sudden my mind um, completely went to another place. I was there with him in the Amalfi Coast throughout that entire experience. So even though, you know, the room's cold and you've had C-sections, you know, you can feel that tugging and all of that. It actually was um, a really beautiful experience because he was there with me using all of those mental techniques and, you know, sitting there looking at me throughout the entire experience. So while I was really scared and mentally unprepared for the outcome of the C-section, 
Um, I think there's so much value around being, you know, really connected with your partner, sharing stories, getting transported um, by them to a place where, you know, you were, you know, probably the last time you were both alone <laughs> together enjoying, <laughs> um, you know, the Amalfi Coast. So um, that's a memory I think that I'll take with me forever really (laughs) that's so beautiful that legit gave me goosebumps I've not heard of um something like that before I've heard of music and I've heard of breathing techniques but I think there's actually something special in something so highly personal between you and your husband yeah it sounds like everyone else in the room was almost like blurred out you were just really present and really there with you do you have like the one best thing you think someone could do to mentally prepare for a C-section or if they weren't prepared to mentally process that post-birth? Yeah, I think um, the biggest tip I think is like being prepared to change Mm. Um, and, you know, having the information and knowing that you, you can change your mind and it's just about being open to that and not having like a fixed, position of how something's going to happen Um, because I definitely think uh, with Olive and what happened there I had thought that it was going to end up in a a vaginal delivery I had never even thought about c-section and so I think that also took me a bit of time to process that but when I got to the point with Rose of just accepting you know what's going to happen but not just to the point of um, being passive in it, but being informed and then saying, yeah, cool. Uh, as long as I know and as long as I'm safe and healthy and my baby is, then that's fine. So I think that would be the biggest um, thing I would say to somebody. And then also I think there's, there's this really, like, funny dialogue uh, with C-sections where it's almost like a disappointment. Like it, women with women as well, it's like, oh, C-section, okay, you know. Um and it's so not like it, it, you've just given birth and it's a beautiful experience as well. And like I told you, you know, that story um, in the surgery with my husband, like that's probably one of the most romantic moments for us. Um, and so if you're constantly thinking it's a bad thing or um, hearing other women describe it as a bad thing or putting it on you as a bad thing, it's just not. It's 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 a really beautiful moment, and you're meeting your baby either way. So I think that that needs to change as well, and just being open to the C-sections there as a very necessary intervention, um, and then just being proud of yourself that you've gone through that as well. Did you experience any negative comments or shame or judgment from family, friends, strangers after learning that you'd had a C-section? Yes. Um, yeah, sadly I did. And I think that then fed into my own insecurities around that process. Um, and I don't know whether it's a lot of the comments that I had were from women who are in like a bit of an older generation. And I think, you know, C-section was probably a bit different back then to what it is today in terms of um, you know, the, the way that it was done perhaps and maybe it had um, a lot more lasting impacts on women of an older generation. 
Um, but, you know, every sort of older woman that I would speak to and say, oh, yeah, I had a C-section, it would be like horrified. Like, why did you have a C-section? Or it was seen as an easy way out um, rather than going through the vaginal delivery. Um, so that was sort of, a, you know, the comments that I heard, which is, you know, clearly people who haven't had C-sections because, to me, um, particularly my recovery in my first was a lot more difficult than what I had uh, for my second. Um, so I think, you know, be prepared for people to make comments, but also I think you've just got to let it wash off you. I, I internalised a lot of that and thought, oh, God, there's something wrong with me and how I, you know, why I had to have a C-section. But um, it's just not the case, you know, um, after... A lot of work to get there, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great advice. And unfortunately, I think that is that is the norm. I think most people yeah. I speak to have had some level of judgment or um, apologies around. I know when yeah. I had a C-section, I got a lot of, I'm so sorry to hear that, which made me go, oh, why? Yeah. Should yeah. I be upset? more yeah. upset about this um so i think it's a really interesting dialogue around c-sections and i guess i don't ever think people try to be malicious but i think there's obviously a bit of a stigma still around c-sections and yeah that's what i'm really trying to break through with bringing this information to people is that birth is beautiful and yeah. um there's a spectrum of good and bad for any way you deliver um yeah. and my aim is that everyone can go in knowing what they can control in their in their minds I guess how beautiful was that Elmalfi Coast story I really hope you enjoyed listening to Corinna's stories and advice so now let's hear from Pregnancy Posse member Felicity who had a planned c-section birth for a breach presentation her attitude towards birth was one of positivity and making the best of every situation Felicity described her planned C-section as fun and calm. And as you'll hear, she talks about taking pride in her scar and how having a doula really helped her to prepare. Felicity walks us through the exact process of her day of birth, which I know a lot of women wanted to know more about, those nitty gritty details. She also speaks about her grief and how this took longer to process than she had originally expected. Felicity was able to watch the majority of her birth and experience immediate skin-to-skin -skin and delayed core clamping, and she shares all of that with us too. So enjoy. I had a, my suitcase packed and ready to go, and that was all in the car. So we left that in the car, and we went up in the lift, and you kind of check into reception. It was kind of like checking into a hotel. Um, they went through all this paperwork, and there was a lot of paperwork, and I thought, oh, if I wasn't having a plan cesarean, like when do you fill this paperwork out? Because I feel like I've got a clear head, and uh, I went to a <laughs> private hospital, so they went through all of the different rules and like you know if we wanted to upgrade our room and I thought oh my gosh okay we can upgrade our room um and then yeah we were there for about um two hours waiting in just kind of like a reception area and the anesthetist came out to meet us and we had our birth plan and we gave a copy of our birth plan when we checked in and then they put that in all the folders of the health professionals. So that was actually really helpful because then the, um, the health professional took out the birth plan and was like, cool, I've got your birth plan here. Yeah, so then he just sat down with us and he, took, he looked at the birth plan and I kind of thought, is he going to think anything on there is weird or is he going to have any comments about it? But he's like, yeah, this is all doable. This is fine. Um, he's like, I like to play DJ. Do you want any songs? Um, I couldn't think of a song, so I said no. And he's like, I'll just take a bunch of photos. It'll be great. Like it was this kind of like 
I don't know, just like this fun experience. And I really want it to be fun and calm. And that's really what really came up um, with him. So, yeah, so met him. Um, then we went into a small room and I sat in a giant chair and they took my blood pressure and explained everything. Like this will happen for five minutes, then this will happen, then this will happen. And I felt like they went through everything in a lot of great detail. So I felt really comfortable with how all the steps would go. Um, so I went then into the operating room, which was next to this this small little room. And um, I'm not someone who's kind of, um, I guess, gets naked in front of people, but I was wearing the hospital gown and trying to, like, you know, cover myself up. Um, so I just sat on the on the operating table and I'd watched a video beforehand, which I'd be happy to share the link with you from the anaesthetist, which actually showed you step by step visually what it looks like and that actually really helped me prepare because I've never really been in a medical situation or seen medical spaces I've never been to hospital before for anything so that really helped kind of look at it from that visual perspective and did Um, they share that with you before the day they did yeah oh that's fantastic yeah I'll send you a link and it's just like a five minute video great Um, and it just helped because there's a lot of people in the room and I think they were really good at the hospital in preparing me for what it would be like there would like there'll be heaps of people and um it'll look quite medical and we'll all have masks on and that really helped I guess make it feel like it was really normal because you don't know what's going to be normal in that situation well I guess Um, a lot more of us have witnessed a vaginal birth or a labor Mm. on video whereas I don't know many people who would have seen a c-section on video before so when you're visualizing what your birth's going to look like you have no reference point yeah that's great yeah um and I felt quite like I don't know I felt a bit there was definitely like I felt a bit scared about it because I was just not sure what to expect or what the experience would be like and so I found that um a bit scary of like I guess you think of all the things that could go wrong and what it could be like um and it's hard to imagine when you haven't had an experience before so yeah so then I guess sat on the operating table and my obstetrician was amazing she was reminding me of my calm breathing while the anaesthetist was putting in um they put in the local anesthetic first before they put in the big needle and that was pretty much that was the only pain that I had was the first needle it's okay to grieve the process and that I think having those affirmations that really resonate with you make a difference and it's you know there's that whole thing of like in your mind how it's going to go and then there's like you know how you feel about it and it can be hard I think to connect those two things sometimes and I think yeah it's okay to grieve that process and um, just like really be with that and I'm I guess I'm quite a science person. I'm an engineer. I'm very logical and analytical. So I'm like, okay, understand in my mind, but there was still that grieving that I had to do and that feeling process. And um, I find it hard that sometimes things take time to actually work through. So it did definitely take me a few weeks to work through. And I was a bit frustrated by that too, wanting to go, oh, I just want it to be complete and just move on. And it's a silly thing to worry about. I can't change it, but I think actually going through that grieving process and those affirmations and my husband would be such a great support person to remind me birth is a miracle no matter how it happens and you're doing a fantastic job your body's amazing and having all of those um, reminders particularly from somebody that's in your life every day made a really big difference to me but I really felt like he was with me the whole time even though he wasn't physically there which 
I don't know, it might seem a bit strange, but yeah, so they took him out and um, I just, they, yeah, they put him straight on my chest straight away. That's what it felt like anyway. And then they actually had a screen next to me so that it was um, a camera um, that was on the table where the paediatrician did his, um, I guess, in, I say inspection, but, you know, examination <laughs> of the baby. So I could actually see the whole thing and um, Michael cut, like, the last bit of the umbilical cord so I could watch him doing that. So I really felt like I was there even though I wasn't there Um and they were really good about having that skin-to-skin um, contact so you were well. watching the recording via the camera, so the camera was pointing at Winston yes. and Michael and you were watching it via the, the exactly. camera. Exactly, yeah. Amazing. That's, that's yeah. really unique. I haven't heard of that one before, actually. Mm. The duel was great, just like knowing there was someone available to call and, and be there and almost just having that independent person that wasn't like a friend or you know your mum or someone who I guess has all of that background and I read a really great book um before I had Winston called um Birth with Confidence mm. and that was really interesting just to um, it was you know focused on natural birth um but it was helpful to go through that and understand the value of a doula. And I love what they said in the book where it was talking about this um, this athlete, how she swam across the Great Australian Bight. And she said, I wouldn't want to have my, um, you know, my mum and dad on the, on the support crew boat with me because they'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold in that water. Are you okay? You'd want to have your coach empowering you and supporting you. And I felt like my doula was my coach who could empower me and support me throughout the whole process, even though she didn't, come to the birth having that support just in my mind had me feel like there was someone who really had my back who was an independent person who would really be my advocate and I think that really helped me throughout the whole process even though it was a planned cesarean. How great was Felicity's outlook? I think she is such a great example of someone who was really staunchly anti-C-section prior to falling pregnant, who then learned to adapt and change and was able to experience a beautiful birth, despite it looking different to how she had originally thought that birth would go. Now we're going to hear from Pregnancy Posse member Beth, who had a planned C-section for a low-lying placenta, plus for some other personal reasons. And she speaks about the practical advice that she found helpful prior to birth to help her with recovery, how she felt the need to justify her birth decision to family and friends, and her advice to other women about speaking up, asking questions and making sure that you feel empowered and informed throughout the whole process. And I thought it was really interesting to include how Beth felt she needed to rely heavily on medical advice to justify having a planned C-section to family and friends because she didn't always feel confident to just say that this was the best choice for her and her family. And I think it's a really great reminder that provided a woman is fully informed, we should trust and honor her decision to birth in the way that she wants to birth. So whether that be a planned C-section section a home birth or anything in between so enjoy this chat with beth to mentally prepare what i found the most helpful was to seek the advice you can get from reputable sources when i was searching for information about c-sections i was quite critical about the sources that i was getting that from i was trying to find it from government-based websites medical-based websites websites from physios that kind of knew what they were talking about i kind of tried to avoid like the mum chat rooms the anecdotal the anecdotal advice i guess would be could be quite useful but also might be a little bit scary if you 
if it wasn't something that you had done a lot of research. So I was quite critical about the information. I guess the best thing that I found, which was on the Instagram of a women's health physio in the US, was videos on how to get in and out of bed and how to get in and out of a chair post C-section. That was just invaluable um, because I guess if you don't know how best to do that, you could cause yourself quite a lot of pain and potentially injury if you were doing that wrong. I felt like mentally going in armed with that knowledge of, okay, when it's time for me to get out of bed tomorrow, I know how I'm going to go about it. I know how I'm going to do it to minimize that pain. And I felt like having that kind of practical information really made a difference to how I felt about it. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, that's very important information. It's the little things like how to get out of bed that you wouldn't think you have to think about, but make a huge difference. So did you find it hard to then justify or explain to your mom or other people who were struggling or did you find it quite easy because you were quite confident in your decision that you'd made already? I surprised myself actually because it was something that we had decided. I thought that I would be more confident in saying, yep, you know, for X, Y, and Z reasons, we've made this choice. But a couple of times talking to different people when they said, oh, you know, you're going for a natural birth. And we said, no, we're having a planned C-section. And they asked us why. I kind of lent more heavily on the placenta position um, argument more than I kind of needed to. And my husband actually pulled me up on it a few times and said like, you know, we've made this decision and we're really confident about it. We're really happy with this decision. You know, like you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel like you need to justify it other than to say we've made this decision because it's what we want and it's what's best for us. There doesn't necessarily have to be a medical reason, even if like my friend, there's no medical reason, no family history, no nothing. She simply wanted a plan C-section that, that is enough. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And again, I think that's, it's really good to share that because you're not going to be alone in feeling like you need to rely on the medical statement as opposed to the personal choice. Um, Because it is a personal choice. And at the end of the day, no one can really understand the ins ins and outs of it, nor do they need to, for you to be able to make the right choice for you. So that's really interesting. Particularly if you do have an obstetrician that you've chosen to trust the medical professionals and trust your medical team. Although having a C-section is something that, I mean, for me, it was totally new. I had no experience going into it. Trusting the medical team that we had chosen to do their job. They do those kinds of surgeries all day, every day. They know what they're doing and to trust that process. In saying that, I would also say to advocate for yourself if there is something that you do want or a question that you have, even if it's in the middle of the surgery, to kind of feel empowered to ask that and to have that conversation because nine times out of ten, they would be more than happy to have that chat with you. Certainly the midwives, the anaesthetists, the obstetrician were all kind of chatting away to me as the surgery was happening and I felt that any questions or even curiosities I had while the C-section was happening, there was no problem in answering those questions. Even in terms of what you expect post-birth, if you know having skin-to-skin time in the theatre is something that you want, being able to say that from the outset. I mean, even if for some reason 
your wishes can't be kind of granted or respected that at least you have felt comfortable you've put that out there and the people around you know what you want and feeling comfortable to do that and finally let's hear from pregnancy posse member lisa who talks about how hypnobirthing meditations really helped her to manage a long labor and eventual c-section birth plus how she is learning to not blame herself because she has come to understand that a c-section is most definitely not a sign of weakness or her giving in i just needed to hear from a lot of people that it wasn't my fault i suppose was the biggest thing for me because Mm. yeah i've got yeah sisters and um you know sisters-in-law and stuff that have had absolutely magical births that have just they just sort of just come out (laughs) that's just sort of amazing and i'm the first of my family to have had a caesar and it was it's quite a i don't know if it's quite taboo but it's a bit of a, a weird one because they're like oh you know it's the the way that, you know, some people in my family unfortunately see it is that, you know, people give in and that's why they have Caesars and stuff like that. So it, it was, um, it took me a lot to kind of get over that sort of mental hurdle as well that it's, you know, it's that's not at all why people have Caesars. It's not that they just give in and it's not the easy way out at all because that recovery is is you know way more intense than what I believe to have known of a vaginal delivery um and yeah you don't put yourself through that sometimes like especially in a in a like in a non-planned way um you know on intentionally to to go through that six-week journey afterwards so yeah. yeah great advice and I do think that's a really important point to make that a lot of women there's a bit of self-blame and it's absolutely not that way and and there's a whole host of reasons why women have seizures and zero of those reasons are because they give up so yeah exactly and that yeah that was such a big thing I just needed I think I just needed people to know that I you know and I think that's why I didn't want any drugs and stuff and I I went on for so long with the sentosin and everything and people like hearing about now they're like oh why were you trying to be such a hero and I'm just like well I just I I didn't want to succumb like I I wanted to do everything I could to be able to get my baby out and Mm. by myself and I needed to know that I'd exhausted myself to that point otherwise um i think i would have felt yeah a bit more disappointed myself as well which is ridiculous (laughs) looking back (laughs) yes i think it takes hindsight to understand some of these things though there's a few different tracks that they get you to do like the fear release one um that would have been beneficial again to have done in that moment i think leading up to the caesar having just found out about it um because i had two real um, fears going into pregnant, like birthing, I suppose. And that was, I was so frightened of ever getting an episiotomy and I was so scared of having to have a Caesar. And I, those are the two things that I kind of was just like, I just really don't want. Um, But, you know, what will be will be. I was also not like, I I wasn't that, you know, first time mum that was like, no, it's just not going to happen. I was like, it. I was okay if it did. And if, if intervention needed to take place, then that's just what happens. But I think I thought I was more ready for anything than what I actually was. And you kind of, um, like listening to all the hypnobirthing tracks and doing that sort of preparation work going into it, I think I didn't think enough about the what ifs. And I thought, too much of the like which is not a bad thing thinking positively about the whole experience and how you're going to enjoy it and all that sort of stuff um 
because that was more so what I was focused on when I was doing the hypnobirthing tracks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I just, it was interesting. Like I did a private course with the hypnobirthing consultant because my partner works FIFO. So that was um, the easiest way for us. And it was funny that the folder that she actually gave me, you know, was actually one for seasons. And I was a bit like taken aback by that. Even at the time I was like, Oh, I think you can miss one. And, uh, and she, she gave me the other stuff, but um, I'm wishing now that I actually had just gone through and, did all of those things because we had the breach turn track and we had all of that. I was like, if we just had the Caesar one as well, just to listen to, just to hear. But I don't, I don't know. It, it's yeah, it's a it's a funny one. I, I, I the the breathing techniques even during the actual Caesar happening was very beneficial. Um, like, um, just making sure that you're concentrating on that. Um, and to get through the 12 hours on the Sentosin without any any drugs was that was all purely from the hypnobirthing techniques and the, um, you know pressure points and all that sort of stuff that the partner does and so that was all very beneficial for that for that yeah and to finish off mamas a little love note to pass Laura and any mamas that may need to hear this right now and remember that you are the perfect mama to this little baby and they have chosen you for a reason. You are already perfect to them. You don't need a certain type of birth to be able to step into that role as super mum to this perfect baby. Learn from this birth what you need to and carry those lessons forward with you in life, but don't beat yourself up about it. It may rob you of the joy that your newborn will bring. Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hoped you enjoyed that episode. I hope that it helped you gain some ideas to help you prepare for a C-section birth or to help you think positively and relax during the actual surgery. Or maybe you learned something new about what birth preferences you could request or even just gave you some food for thought about what actually matters to you the most when it comes to your birthing experience. Either way, I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and please do let me know your favorite learnings from this episode. Or if you have any questions, please feel free to share them with me too. I'm always open to chatting. Now, in the next few episodes of this C-section birth series, we will be covering physical preparation and recovery after a C-section, my own personal birth stories, and a Q&A style episode where we'll cover the C-section shelf, preparing for a VBAC, the nitty gritty details of the day of admission, and so much more. If you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. Now, if you loved today's episode and you want to devour the next four episodes in this C-section birth series, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pelvic pain, plus a wonderful community forum and a recorded version of the live Q&A that we did recently on C-section birth. Now, I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal journey. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about, and you can trial the program for seven days. Catch you soon for episode two in this five-part C-section birth series where we'll talk about physical preparation and recovery after a C-section birth. 
Until then, mamas, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.